0: I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Good morning, Owl Pellet fans. This is uh, Mike Retallick with Brian Myers and Chris step, And we got a special edition of our Owl Pellets podcast. We are visiting with Julie Throne, who is with the Teach Grand Challenges project that we were working on. Please go out and visit her work and others at teachgrandchallenges.com. Julie did a great project focusing on Uh, preparing students for biotechnology careers. And so we have Julie with us today. Julie, welcome. And why don't you start by introducing yourself?
1: Well, thank you. Um, My name is Julie Throne, and I teach in an urban agriculture program in Athens at Cedar Shoals High School. I have been in this program for 13 years now. My pathways are uh, plant science and uh, veterinary science. I uh, Before that, I taught in LaGrange High School in LaGrange, Georgia. That's where I started my career in 2002. Uh, that was also an urban agriculture program. Uh, my interest in biotechnology took off with some workshops that I did uh, at Fort Valley and some other ones uh, about 19 years ago. And that started my interest in that field. And I've also had students compete in the agri-science fair over the years.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And so when you say Athens, we got to make sure we give credit to your uh, Georgian friends. We're talking about Athens, Georgia is where you're located.
1: Yes. Go dogs.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that hurts uh, some of the other uh, uh fellows on the on the call here when you uh are cheering on the dogs, but uh I don't have a horse in the race so I'll let you guys fight that out.
1: My daughters so, are UGA alumni.
0: <laughs> terrific. So, you did a little bit of work on uh, biotech careers and it was a kind of a blend of Uh, some podcasts, um, and some interviews. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the people that you interviewed and some of the take-home messages related to that?
1: I was very, very fortunate. I have connections with the USDA Poultry Research Center here in uh, Athens. And I reached out to them, and I was connected with four different researchers. And I got to sit down with them and ask them questions about what they do, what kind of skills they would look for in individuals that wanted to work in that field. And we had interviews that lasted about 15 minutes um, each. And I got some fantastic information because they all worked in different types of laboratories and had different backgrounds. I went through these, uh, the interviews and I kind of coded what they said to take away the big pieces of it and put it together so that I can make infographics. So where I saw the strong pieces, that's what I put into the the infographics. And I I really wanna follow up and put in some lessons for those skills as well. But this did come from people with a lot of experience and they've been in the industry for a very long time. And we were able to get, um, you know, their feedback and background about what's important in their day-to-day activities in the lab and what students need to be experienced in for those careers.
0: Julie, one of the interesting things that I think about your project as I was kind of going through it is, you know, uh, kind of really the way you framed it in thinking about, uh, you know, you, it would have been easy to say, oh, here's a biotechnology lab. We can extract some DNA or do something like that. But you really focused on, I think, took the the teaching grand challenges to heart and really focused on the idea of, uh, you know, what can we do to prepare students? And I know even in the, in the blurb about the project talking about, you know, we're preparing students for jobs that haven't even been created yet for problems that we don't even know exist yet. And I thought that was really neat how you did that and really focused on, you know, the skills that students are going to need that are really transferable. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about those skills and maybe how you're uh, working in your classroom with your own students to try to get them to uh, acquire those skills?
1: Uh, Yes, I encourage many of my students for their SAE projects to conduct agri-science research experiments, And, and these are authentic experiments. We don't redo somebody else's research we we look at things you know problems that are in agriculture Um, I did fail to mention in my introduction but I also live on a beef cattle farm and I've been in the industry for over 30 years now prior to becoming a teacher I was actually a food inspector so I have a food 17 years in the food background and I got a little bit of uh bacteria background with that and, and education that way. So we're, we're very deep seated in the agriculture um, industry. You know, we're, we're, we try to stay up to date in beef cattle and, and what's going on with that and different livestock and food. So when I encourage my students to do authentic research, I take into consideration, you know, what, what is applicable in production agriculture? So what what is on the forefront right now? And then we research those and do background research. And I teach them to do the problem solving. One thing that happens all the time is that our research projects don't go the right way. And that's where problem solving comes in. Uh, We were doing tissue culture. uh, We've been doing tissue culture since December. And we've probably done eight runs on tissue culture and none of them have been successful. And I have done tissue cultures in the past, but for some reason, I could not get this tissue culture to pan out. We had to switch gears to a different project. But just showing students that it's okay to make a mistake, then we need a problem to problem solve this. What, what did we do that we can change? And then how do we change it? You know, um, look up the background research. What's going on there? You know, how can this help? Oh, or maybe this won't work. You know, Our idea won't work. Um, putting them to work in the lab and teaching them those bench skills. We're fortunate, I I actually teach in a shop. My classroom is a wood shop that was built in 1973. So this is not really an appropriate research lab, but I have research equipment that I've gotten through grant money that high schoolers don't normally see. So they're getting experience with a laminar flow hood. They're getting experience with a So, you know, opening these things up to them is a great experience. And having the knowledge, you know, the scientific method is problem solving. Having the ability to go through those steps and solve problems will benefit them later in life, critically thinking and reflection. And we do a lot of that.
0: Yeah I really appreciate that that comment and that observation around all of the 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 professional skills and the 21st century skills or whatever we want to call those and I certainly appreciate your comment about um research and 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 not always going right and I think one of the mistakes that we do in education quite often, and we see it in chemistry class all the time, is that we train students to go step-by-step through uh, an experiment, and they're supposed to come up with this result at the end. And so students over time start thinking that science is perfect. It's always going to happen the exact same way all the time. And they don't realize um, how much science really is and research really is exploring, making mistakes and working through those mistakes until you uh, get on the other end of that. So I, I really appreciate your your work and your focus on that because that's a, that's a good life skill. So many times I see students coming into courses and thinking, well, what's the right answer? There's always got to be this right answer. And um, there's there's not always a right answer. There may be a best answer, but uh, that's part of what we're going to what we need to learn and, and and go through that way. So I appreciate that perspective, Julie.
1: Yes, I, you know, make a mistake. And Thomas Edison made the light bulb 800 times before he got it right or something of that nature and letting the students know not to take it personal. Yeah. When you make a mistake, it's a learning opportunity.
0: Yes, exactly. And so it, so as you design this curriculum and as you um, work and in, incorporate these activities and, and um, infographics and these interviews and podcasts into your curriculum, how, how do you see what are some ways in which we ought to think about incorporating the work that you've done into our classes?
1: If you don't have the equipment necessary, write grants, and also see if there's an organization that could help you acquire the equipment you need. We're fortunate in Georgia that there is Georgia Bio that gets equipment from biotechnology companies they're no longer using, and they give that equipment out to schools. Also, you can reach out to organizations to come in and help you with the lessons. Um, uh, Your local school, um, post-secondary schools may be able to help you as well. Uh, I have used BioBits, what is that? So so there are some, you need to get out and get the training so you're comfortable with the equipment and then practice it and yeah, I, like I said, I've I've done a lot of training over the years. I started with tissue culturing and I think I taught myself how to do the bacteria um, cultures and swabs and learning about the different medias. And there are great things that you can do in your classroom that don't require big pieces of, of equipment as well. Uh, the plant tissue culture with um, African violets is an easy one. Do not choose Boston ferns. <laughs> that's where i made my mistake recently yeah. is trying to do boston ferns uh you know and and look at current events in different fields like we're researching biostimulants and we're using that in our agri-science fair projects this year and there is a great deal of interest in biostimulants and you can do very simple projects without equipment just to Introduce your students to the scientific method. And then you can go deeper with taking cultures or dissecting or things of that nature.
0: Excellent. 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 There's a lot of great nuggets in there that you shared with us from uh, our ag teachers. Um, continuing to think we, we need to kind of continue to grow and develop and be lifelong learners and learn, learn the techniques and be able to uh, help students with those too. There's all kinds of resources and opportunities out there. You're right. There's companies that have probably um, written off their equipment and ready to upgrade that are willing to hand that off um, so all we got to do is look out our back door, look in our communities, our counties, and and I'm sure there's places where we could get uh, equipment to start building those skills. So, Julie, this has been a a great um, activity and uh, a great work that you've done. We appreciate you being part of the Teach Grand Challenges. And for those of you that want to learn more and and use these resources that Julie and others did, please go out to teachgrandchallenges.com and visit the website and all of the great work that they've done. So Julie, thanks for joining us today and uh, um, best wishes for continued success.
1: Thank you so much. I truly enjoyed it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more
0: information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.